Every other scroll you make on Facebook introduces to your feed a new legal marketing guru who has the secret formula to endless leads at a very low cost. And it gets you thinking, who can you trust when you run out of recommendations and still need a marketing vendor? I'm Leah Levy, co-founder of Nanato Media, and this is In Camera Podcast, where we say only take measured risks. podcast, Private Legal Marketing Conversations. Grace, how are you today? Good. How are you, Liel? I'm doing great, Grace. I always feel like after a bank holiday, the rest of the week is so hard to get caught up on things, right? Even though it's a short week, it's just kind of like a challenging week. First of all, because, you know, it's hard to come back to work after a sort of mini vacation. And then on top of it, it's like now you have to do five days worth of work in four. And so the pressure is on. How do you feel about that, Grace? I not only agree, I, um, yeah, I go, I feel like I go through that every week. <laughs> <laughs> Try to jam pack 10 hours worth of work in each day to begin with. So having an extra day sounds nice in reality. It's not so easy to catch up. <laughs> yeah, it gets back at you later, right? It does, somehow. Yes. Great. So, Grace, I've been doing a lot of thinking. And first of all, I want to acknowledge that this is our 30th episode on our second season. Can you believe it? 30th? 30th episode. I know, it's crazy. It's 30 episodes mm -hmm. in that we're into this. And that is not taking into consideration the first 10 episodes of the first season, right? So... Today is 40 episodes, so that's quite an accomplishment. I'm proud. I'm proud too, because that's a weekly thing that yeah. we were doing. So, so yeah. now, yeah, so now we're putting it in the air that we need to think of something special for the 50th episode, right? You cannot reach 50 of something and not do something special. So we definitely have to now prepare a special 50th episode that is going to be coming up in 10 weeks. So, awesome. Grace, but... As I was saying, I was going through, in my mind, all of the different episodes that we've created. And we've had here so many vendors come and talk and how they help law firms. And we hardly ever talk about how do you make sure that you're choosing the right vendor, right, Grace? Right. Like, it's the easy when process. you get a recommend. Yes, it's easy when you get a recommendation when it's a referral with somebody that you already know is telling you, hey, I work with these guys and they're good. But here's the backside to that, Grace, and I want to hear what you think. Not every time every recommendation is going to be suitable for you because you may be a different market, you may be a different law practice, the recommendation may already be engaged or committed to another law firm in your market and therefore not be able to help you. And so there are still times and opportunities when you're going to be kind of like having to do the research, having to look out for uh, alternatives yourself. What do you think, Grace? No, you're 100% right. It's um, actually, it's some of the law firms that we've worked with 
before have had that exact same question where they they're like where do I even start you know I mean I can come ask you I can ask the people that I've trusted before but you know that doesn't narrow it down to exactly what I might need for my law firm right now so no I I completely agree with you it it, it is a difficult it can be a difficult process if you don't know where to start. That's exactly the point, right, Grace? And so that's what this episode is about, is about taking that first step, but doing it in a smart way, doing it in a way that you can actually make good decisions about whether you will be initiating a partnership with that vendor or not, and kind of like being able to identify signs that are good and should help build trust, and also kind of identifying red flags that should tell you that, you know, you're better off kind of like cutting it short and moving on to the next possibility in your list. So Grace, you know very well, I mean, I've heard it so many times, at least I hear it once a week, and it's attorneys telling us, sadly, that they've had such bad experience working with X and Y agencies or marketing managers or freelancers or whatever, that they're very skeptical about their hiring process of a new agency, marketing manager, you name it, because they just haven't seen results. And so when you're starting from, from that point, you definitely need to understand how to build trust with that prospect without trying to push on a sale too fast, right? So I'm interested, Grace, because you see both sides. You are a client to many agencies and to vendors, but you also have your own products and services. And so I'm very interested to hear how is it that you take that knowledge that you have from being a customer and translate it into being a vendor and meeting your prospect in a way that you can then enable for a partnership to come out of those interactions. So I'm actually gonna pick that last word you used, which was the partnership. Um, that is the key term and sort of like you vet a client, right? Where you kind of go through all these different questions, making sure that they don't, you know, that they, what their history looks like, what their, um, you know, their finances, whatever it is that you're trying to vet the client, it's the same thing as vetting a vendor. You need to ask certain questions. You need to look at the process. And, you know, like you said, being on both sides, creating a partnership and transparency is key. If when you're asking certain questions or you start the process and you get pushback at the beginning, I mean, there's like, Liel, just like you said, there are signs and there's a certain way of doing it that, you should, I mean, obviously you can't mitigate 100% of the risk, but there's a way to mitigate a large portion of it by doing your due diligence. Just like if you were, you know, as the lawyer looking into a client and seeing if this client is eligible, et cetera, et cetera, you should do the same with your vendors or have somebody do it for you. If you don't, if you can't do it yourself, you need someone you trust to do the same vetting process of your vendor. I agree with you, Grace. You need to start take certain level of risk to at the point that, you know, if you're not willing to even invest the time to have one conversation or a few email exchanges, then you're never going to know. Right. So, so that at least needs to be something that you need to set your mind to want to do or to commit to doing that. And great things may come out of it, but as you've said very well, you know, you may also come up with the wrong 
kind of vendor for your law firm. And so the point here is like, just move on to the next thing fast. There's no problem. I, I really don't think there is anything bad about coming across a, a vendor or an agency that is not suitable for you. Just don't waste your time talking to them more than you need. Right to really understand that. So that's kind of like the first thing. But Grace, first, before you even get to the consideration stage of actually initiating a conversation with someone, the qualification process, like how do you search for vendors? What are ways to actually find, say you, digital marketing agency, a media buyer, or a content writer, whatever that is? Where do you think our attorneys should start their search process? So I can tell you where I actually start my search process. I have a large variety of sources that I, mostly through Google Alerts, I'd say, um, but something similar to that where I see certain ads, certain types of marketing, um, basically advertising, and I pay attention to all of it. And for my process, I start there. Um, if I see things that I trust and know already, I'll give you an example, Neil Patel. Um, he's like in my book for me, the digital marketing guru, and I always go back to his content and his information. So if I see something that he's talking about and it seems to make sense. And when I do some research on Google, because it's someone, let's say, I don't know if it's someone I know or don't know. Right. And I do some research yes. on Google, they come up. Well, guess what? There's a reason why they're coming up. I do that type of research and then I create a list of basically 10, usually three to 10. If you can get to 10, great. If you can't, at least three so that you have somewhere to start. Grace, you're super thorough. First of all, I love what you're saying there. That's it, right? This is 21st century. If your potential partners are nowhere to be found, meaning Google, mm -hmm then you should rethink your entire strategy Run. to start off with, <laughs> right? Run. <laughs> if the so, whole point is for you to be in seen, your I vendor mean, and if, partner if, should be too. Particularly if you're after a digital marketing strategy, right? Right. If, if, if you're searching for a kind of solution and you're considering of hiring someone that is not amongst those that are listed, on the first page of results in Google, then you're potentially not going to be going for a very qualified candidate. Now, Grace, the honest truth here is that there is quite a few well-positioned, you can call them vendors, agencies, but there's quite a few of them that are well-positioned within the legal industry. Mm -hmm. And let's be very honest, they just don't rank anywhere. It's very true. And we're not going to name names here, but it, it is a fact. And so I guess that's when you go back to looking at the recommendations and you still need to understand your law firm, your needs, and what is it that you're interested in accomplishing and be just mindful that the fact that this solution has worked for another law firm doesn't necessarily mean it's going to also be applicable for you. A hundred percent, Leo. I want to go back. It's a mix of things, yes, right? Yes. Yes. Be super aware. I want to go back to what you were saying there. That's actually, that for me is actually my very first process, part of the process. And that's the most important part. What is your goal? Do you have a plan? And how are you going to act on that plan? 
So just like you said, Liel, I think that is number one. We need to look at the law firm, what our requirements are, and what is your goal, what phase you are in. So those are, to me, those are four things, right? You just got to look at it and make sure that that last part of all of that, that you know exactly where what you're trying to achieve. Because a conversion to you, let's say on digital marketing strategy, may not be the same as a conversion to the vendor you're talking to. And that might not be your goal. What yep. if you just want awareness, right? You just want people to have eyes on the law firm. You just want to get known. Or do you want clicks? Do you want cases? Do you want uh, newsletters out? Do you want, you know, so you need to very, very clearly define what you're trying to achieve by looking at all these different vendors and then look for the right vendor. That's right, Grace. And so here is kind of like a dilemma, right? That some people have some prospects that come our way. We see them have sometimes, and it is having or not having a budget. Do you actually have to have a budget in mind before you reach out to someone? My and I'll tell you mine. I know you're ready to answer. I can see you're ready to answer. But I'll I want to know you, your side, though. Yeah, I want to know the agency I'll side. I'll tell you what I think. I yeah. think you don't need to have a budget in mind. If you have it, great, even better, right? But I don't think it should be a factor that is stopping you moving forward. Because here is the point. The whole idea that you're reaching out for help on an area that you're not an expert means that up to a certain extent, you probably also don't know how it's priced and how much you would need, particularly for your circumstances to be able to achieve what you want. I see what you're saying. As a matter of fact, knowing how much you would have to spend in order to achieve what you want would mean in a certain way or another that you already know what you need to do. Right. And so I think that it's perfectly fine not knowing how much you are willing to invest, but you do need to know that you are willing to invest. That what do you think, key. Grace? No, you're right. That's the key. Because um, it, 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 it's funny because I always go to, into something. You were, you were going to say that, that they need to have a budget. I do. I was. <laughs> I was. I was. Until you said what you said. I sure was. But you're right. I mean, I guess it's because I do know exactly what it is that I have to do for the law firm you know, on that side of it. So I, I'm coming from a different perspective, right? I already have the research, I already have the network, I already have the knowledge on both sides of the coin, whereas a lawyer or whoever's working with the lawyer may or may not, right? They may not have an idea of exactly how they can get to the goal. They have the goal in mind, but they don't know how they're gonna get there. And so speak to an expert like yourself in, in your agency, it makes sense. You know, where you come in with an idea, knowing you gotta spend, but not knowing how much you have to spend and just knowing you need to be committed to whatever it is that you're going to be spending. You're right. So I, I, that makes sense. You know, just knowing you have the money to do it, um, but not necessarily a budget. That makes perfect sense, Leo. I agree 100%. with you. 100%. And quite yeah. frankly, while it's important information, as long as we have an understanding that there is a willingness to invest, we consider at least, and now I'm talking from, from our agency standpoint, we consider it a qualified lead. But of course, we're there to guide them and give them options so we can find a strategy that can fit their budget. Now, and we're gonna get later in this conversation to also talking about, okay, how, how flexible can you be? And when actually so much flexibility is a red flag for you as a client. 
right? Right. Because if somebody is telling you, yes, 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 everything is possible, everything is possible, and, you know, no challenges seem to be uh, brought up, then I don't know. Is life that way? I mean, no. Can you can you ex can you expect someone to to promise you the, the sun moon. and the moon for a couple of hundred dollars a month? Bad sign, right? I think we could all agree with that, without going into further details there. So, Grace, that's you know, I think we've really covered up some two very good strategies to qualifying. Who are you going to be considering as a potential partner or vendor? You look at your network. Can you recommend someone? But you also go and search online. And here's particularly for when it comes down to marketing, that's already a great qualifier to start with. If if they can come up for the search queries that you are searching for, that already tells you, you know, they know what they're doing up there. If they're ranking, well, that's because they're doing marketing, right? right. So that's kind of like reading in between lines and it's a good factor to take into consideration. Not the only one, but certainly one to be taken into consideration. Now, Grace, how about when you already know, okay, you have your list, I think 10 vendors, companies, agencies, I think that's a lot. It I mean, lot. I can certainly see you putting the time and the effort to really looking at every single option you have before you get into something. But I can also see our average listener probably three, most three at most, yeah, right? Three at most, usually at one most. or two is what the standard ends up happening. I say three because honestly, you need a choice between three. You should always, always give yourself the option to have at least three to look at, you know? And that's what exactly I was going to ask you, Grace. I mean, because, you know, we've all, even when buying for marketing, it's an impulsive decision right you do you still do it with emotion so yeah. my thing to you grace is let's say that you have your first conversation and i'm getting way ahead of myself here but i still want to ask this question now let's say you've had a conversation you're super happy this sounds good i'm ready to jump do you jump or do you still have another two three conversations i still have two three conversations always just like that always there's never a question yeah i mean because you never know and you know you literally never know tomorrow yeah. could be another day another person and this person could blow it out of the water for me and just yeah. because i decided to stop and not continue moving to the other two i'm going to lose out and i can't have that happen for the law firm so i always always vet triple vet and again, if I can get to it, 10, there's never 10 vendors available <laughs> within what I'm looking for, but I always do at least three. And that's because of that. And then I always speak to them, you know, and then I do my own pros and cons list where I compare them side by side as to what they can actually produce and provide to me. And sometimes I'll even, you know, without naming names to each other, um, basically pit them against each other, right? They're my vendor. They're here to provide a service. And so this is what this guy's going to get me or, or girl or company. And this is what this company is going to get me. Can you do better? Or what can you prove to me that you've done better? That's how I look at it. Now, Grace, I'm telling you, you are a demanding client, but you know what? That only makes an agency better, right? And more capable. And you know what? I, I totally agree. Why not? Right? It's, it's, it's your investment. It's your money. And 
it's perfectly fine. And in other industries, it's a super common practice. Like we cannot even have a point of comparisons because it's totally normalized in other in, in, in other industries. It sure is. So, so Grace, okay, right. So you say, yes, go after other quotes, opinions, consultations, whatever that is. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to say yes, but I would also understand people that say, you know what? This is good enough to me. I'll jump into it right away. However, what I would still say is make sure that you can answer yourself very well with answers, sorry, that are objectively good. Okay. So Grace, let's face it. Most SaaS companies, most agencies or vendors in general, today's communications would be you either send out a form submission expressing your interest, maybe an email or phone calls, which I think they're a little bit rare. No, they are only a little bit. Most of your clients, how do that like your prospects? How do they reach out to you? Do they reach out to you? Do they phone you up and say, Hey, Grace, I was told to call you by this and that and that, or we, I was searching online, found you. So yeah, it's actually mostly online form fills, particularly because of the software side of it anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, through persist and the persist communications platform, it is. And I just read something yesterday that's kind of specific to this, where it seems like 80% of the people that look for software or deal in software, regardless of the industry, uh, would prefer to do this stuff online and fill out a form or chat or look yeah. for the answer as to what they want to do or if they want to see a one-on-one -on -one demo. They want to do that online. I totally agree with you, Grace. And this goes back to um, our conversation with Engage when we had Brett here one of our first episodes, mm -hmm. um, we were talking, right, how consumer behavior has shifted in a way that all of these transactional communications, we just prefer to have them online. It's just the least amount of friction. And it actually gives you a good opportunity to kind of like take a first step without over committing, right? There's not much effort. There's no much commitment from your end. But then that's exactly why the answer to that web form it's so critical it sure is to really be able to drive things to the next step i cannot stress that enough and so this portion maybe of the conversation is equally valuable for both the attorneys and for our agency or legal industry service providers listeners because the the web form submission is just half of the battle won there's no guarantee that that person will actually give you a chance to talk with them or to continue communications if one of the following things happen, right? Number one, you do not respond timely. <laughs> and this kind of is like the same principles that we preach on the attorneys to have when it comes down to them receiving web forms from prospect clients. So you definitely need to write back in a timely manner. And here's one that I really think is so important, Grace. I think it's very important at that stage not only to answer back and say, yes, hey, we're, thank you for reaching out. We are available to have a conversation here or there, or here's a link to my calendar. Book yourself whenever you're available. I'm looking forward to our conversation. If you have any questions until then, or if you can just tell me a little bit more about what is it that you want to solve. Excellent. Bye. Right. I think what a lot of service providers, agencies, you name it, fail to do at that stage is explain the process. Thank you for reaching out. We hear that you need this because usually they submit on the web forum, interested in this, interested in that, this problem, this practice area, right? Acknowledge that, 
take a time to read that. I think here's another one, Grace. Don't, don't I, I'm a big fan of automation as much as you are. Maybe a little bit less than you are, <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very big on automation. Don't auto automate the response for that web form submission. No, don't. Unless, unless, unless it's, it's going to be something like, thank you. We received your form and we'll get back to you within the next X time frame. That's what and mine says. You, and, and then you send an, and then you send a personalized thing, right? But you can also put up this message on, on, on a thank you pop-up box or something mm -hmm. when the form submission is sent out or on a thank you page or whatever. It can also be an email or such, but that doesn't count for your follow-up mm -mm. thing, right? You still need to go open up and go through it, acknowledge on the first paragraph, thank you very much, this is it, this is what you're looking for, we'll be glad, or something around those lines, to have a conversation to, with you about that and see if we can help you or how we can partner about it and so forth and so. And then you explain your process, Grace, and I'll tell you now a little bit about our process because it's very important that we set expectations with our prospect clients and they also understand really where they are at each stage in terms of level of commitment, right? Because I think that's that's kind of like the, the, the dreadful part about in initiating these conversations. Why? Because many of us are old enough to remember the days when you went to an auto dealer, <laughs> right? Just to consider potentially changing your car or something and what a nightmare of an experience that turns into when the salesperson doesn't allow you to leave until you actually sign a contract, right? <laughs> Many of us are still part of that generation. And so we kind of bring that experience many times to the online uh, world and we let this fear kind of like play and hold us back from actually seeking out for formation. Because we feel, oh, we're going to get bombarded with sales offers. They're not going to be letting us. They're going to be emailing us and calling us every single day. And so do, do we need that? No, of course you don't, right? Nobody wants that. So that's the reason why we like to explain the actual sales process. And in, in, in our agency, it, it, it's something around these lines. We first have a 15-minute conversation just to really be able to understand very well what is it that they want to achieve. Now, mind you, Grace, Let's not confuse that 15-minute conversation in kind of like getting basic information from the client because there is a difference between coming to your first call prepared and already knowing enough for your client so that you can talk a little bit more about their goal, objectives, and current challenges and such than to come and ask them, where are you located? What do you do, right? You should already know that by the time you come to a call like that. So that's not what that call is about. Then... In our case, our second step is, well, now that we have all of this information and we know exactly what are your challenges and where is it that you want to take your law firm and what goals you want to achieve, we put together a strategy taking into consideration everything that has to do with your market, with your competitors, with your current marketing efforts, how they're playing, how they're supporting you right now. And based on that, we explain what is it that we would do, how we would do it, and also how much it would cost. Up until this point, and this is actually written down, up until this point, you don't owe us anything. There's no, there's no commitment of any kind between you and us. And at that point, after you've heard all of this information, then you get to decide if you would like us to send over a proposal and what would that proposal include. And so... I don't mean to interrupt, but... It sounds exactly like what a lawyer does with a new potential client. 
a free 15-minute consultation where they already know about the issue that they had, but what is their goal in this lawsuit, right? Then the next step is once you've had all this conversation and everything, then you sign the contract, the retainer agreement. Is that kind of like the same thing, no? I think that's a very, very valid point that attorneys should keep in their mind. Yeah. Am I getting a service comparable to that that I would give my clients before I actually ask for their commitment? And if your answer to that question is no, then that's an indication that you should potentially walk away and move on to your next prospect on the list. Right, Grace? Yeah, the next vendor. Because, I mean, exactly. It's all about the customer service, right? So, like you were saying at the very beginning, even, I mean, you worked in hotels, so you know everything about customer service. I have to say, when it comes to travel and tourism and that industry, when you've worked in a hotel, especially five star like you have, it's a whole other level of customer service. And so, I know you know customer service implicitly. And if you're not getting that exact response or feeling like you're trying to give to your clients from the vendor, get get out, be done, move on to the a next one. Absolutely. There's no reason why you need to settle for low expectations whenever you are dealing with a marketing agency or anything around those lines. Now, I do want to, however, reiterate, it all goes back to your in initial research. Are you, I mean, are you reaching out to freelancer on fiverr.com mm. you get what you pay yeah right you get what you pay in the best case scenario you get what you pay pay five dollars you get five dollars worth of Work. something mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. exactly but when you're talking to an established agency you know what you should definitely by all means expect to get at at least as good as a service as you're providing to your clients right and in some cases you should definitely feel that you're having the same kind of experience and the same level of service than you would at a luxury establishment, be that a jewelry store, a luxury hotel, or a boutique, right? Right. It's not a cheap product, no, right? It's not. It's not a cheap product. It's not a cheap service. And if you're going to get charged a premium, then it should not just reflect on the results that you're getting. It should be part of the service that you're getting as well. How many times have we said that, Grace? Yes. Like so many law firms, they're focused so much on the results. They're oriented in results, right? It's it's all about, we get the good results to the clients. We get results. That's not enough anymore. It's no. about, it's about the client experience. It's, it's about the customer experience. And so that's a really good thing. And another thing, so if we were to think, and probably we're going to have to leave that for another conversation, like, but what are the questions that you need to be asking agencies? And one of them definitely has to do with who's going to be my point of contact. How fast will I get here back if I ask a question or such? That's important, right? That's setting up expectations and you need to know that information. If you, if you're working with someone and you reach out or you call and you don't hear back that same day, well, you may want to consider whether that's something that you want to put up with or not. Can you afford putting up with that, right? No. Can you can, can you can you stop what is it that you need for a whole you know three four five six hours and not hearing back? So that those are very very important considerations. Great. So, in software we call them service level agreements. So depending on who it affects and how it affects you in the impact on your business and how you're operating, we have a, a service level agreement that we will provide service, customer service within an allotted time frame as defined by the agreement. 
based on how it's affecting you as a customer. So if it affects everybody and nobody can use the system for whatever reason, there will be a response within in less than 30 minutes, generally speaking, but definitely within less than an hour and a resolution within, uh, I think, two to four hours, depending on what the issue is. So yeah, no, I agree with you. That has to be done. And this, that's an expectation that needs to be set at the beginning. And I know you do that. You know, when, when you're talking to your clients that they know immediately what their expectation is or what the expectation is of them, what commitment you're expecting from them, because that's important too. You, you, there are certain clients that we've talked about this before, right? That we want or don't want. And there's vendors that they want or don't want, right? And it works for both. Absolutely. Grace. Now, the last part, I want us to talk a little bit about, okay, so You've submitted a form, you made an initial phone call. Now you're scheduled for that second conversation. Depending on really the service that you're after or such, you may have kind of like what is known as a discovery call, which is a, bit, a little bit of what we've talked about, right? right? Kind of like understanding the current situation. Where is it that you are? It's sometimes an important stage, right, Grace? Because you need to, in order to be able to really give a relevant invaluable solution to your to your prospect you need to first gather some basic information about what is it that they want to achieve and where is it that they are right now and so many times particularly as an agency you may want to take one route when the client has already or the prospect has already set up their mind on something else so it's very important to have that understanding at the very very beginning so that at least it doesn't mean that you're gonna you know go after exactly what the client wants if you already know that there are not gonna be good results there or it's gonna be a harder route to take but at least you need to understand that the that your prospect client has that in their mind so you can then get them to see things from the perspective that you're seeing and so that's usually what happens on what is better known as the demo right or the presentation and so grace i want to talk a little bit about about that what you should expect to see on that second call where there's already been information established the vendor the agency already have a good understanding of what is it that you want to accomplish the challenges that you have so now it's their time to really tell you here's the solution that we have for you so grace what what would you say are things that need to happen during that conversation that presentation demo so first and foremost they need to make it as personalized as possible to you your business and exactly what you're doing that is the most important thing so if all of a sudden i come to a demo or a presentation of any kind and they don't mention specifically what we've spoken about and gone over on a 15-minute consultation on the phone we're gonna have problems i don't want a general demo Unless you tell me, okay, I'm going to provide you with a general demo because we haven't done X, Y, Z before specifically to, I'll give you an example, a specific example actually, where I've had to do that. We haven't done an integration with a specific CRM. So I'll show you a demo that shows this CRM. I know you use this other one, but in order to show you the demo, I have to show it to you with this other one. So if I level set expectations at the very beginning, I know that I'm showing you this but this is really what you're looking for, that's okay. But again, communicate, communicate, communicate. So at the very beginning, that is the first thing that I need to see. You're making it personalized and 
now you start your presentation and you're answering my questions and you're giving me a solution to my problem of what how are you going to get me to my goal couldn't agree with, me, with you more grace that's absolutely right right so personalization is the key point here and it, it needs to be specific to your pain points to your problems just as you've said now grace i think i think and it's also very very important of course depending on what services are you seeking for but i think it's also very important that it has market insights it needs to have some correlation that is actual real and relevant to your market i think it's very important for any kind of vendor particularly those doing marketing to be able to demonstrate their level of understanding knowledge and insights into your particular market and i see this a lot because it's not uncommon for you to initiate a conversation with someone that has a lot of experience and they give you information that it's way too general and not applicable to you. And so even though it is for your practice area, even though they seem to understand very well what are your pain points, there seem to be leaving out a very important component here, which is your market specifics. And that's going to be, that's going to be a, a, a whole critical factor. Now, outside of your market specifics and, or part of it is your actual competitors, right? I was going to say that. That's what it, always looks for It needs to be that. part of it. Yep. And so yep. when these things come up as part of this conversation and they are, can actually speak and talk about who your competitors are and what are they doing and how can you fight that back or how can you stand out then you know you're talking with someone that has a real deep understanding of what is it that you need to do in order to achieve what you want so right i take it a step further i actually do i like the way you do it liel when you and i have spoken a couple times on these different calls on these different podcasts we've done i see how you have a comparison not just of the individual practice area but you have it broken down by, let's start national, right? You first have national, then you have it broken down by practice area, then you have it broken down by location, then you have it broken down by demographic. You go down to like, as far as the granular lever as you possibly are allowed to without getting into privacy issues. And that's what I've always looked for, which is why when you and I first started talking about digital marketing back when, it feels like a million years ago now, right? <laughs> At, another lifetime right at mtmp a million years ago oh my god that very first time when i was talking to you about digital marketing and how you thought of things and how you broke it down honestly that's the reason i was like not only does liel know what he's doing like his agency must be amazing because he's talking to me the way i think about things from my side of it you know from the firm side i've looked at it from the agency side too i looking at from the firm side i'm like there's not very many I don't feel like there's a whole lot of full-blown agencies out there that truly break it down as personal as it needs to be when we get to that point, to that discovery call. And just your reports from our calls that we've had on the podcast are more than I've seen on some of these uh, proposals. <laughs> oh, Grace, I really appreciate your very, very kind words, Grace. But if I were to give here a few 
points that I certainly think that people need to keep in mind, right? Because the reality is that depending what is it that you're after or not, you know, some of these points that we're mentioning here may or not be very applicable. But here are a few things that definitely you need to keep in mind and you, and you need to kind of like wonder. We've all grown very used to expecting to see social proof. We, we want to see the quotes of the satisfied customers and so forth and so on. But what I, what I always challenge is you don't know really what went behind that particular partnership. You don't know what led to that quote. You want to believe that is actually great work, great results and everything, but you don't, you don't know, right? So as wonderful as it is, when people are tell, are giving you the quote and they're telling you, look, look how many satisfied customers we have. And like, it's a page full of pictures and quotes. Yeah, that's wonderful, right? But is there more that they can show? Now come the case studies, right? What are they? Like, are they just kind of like written reports about, you know, we've 5X'd their caseload. Okay. Great. Can I see? Right. Can I see some data? You know, you're telling me they started here and there's and they ended up there. How do I know it's true? Grace, it's the internet. Yeah. You can be a better business bureau business and still lie on your website. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry to say, it's the reality. You need to be skeptical. So my point here is, okay, they're doing you a case study. Are they showing you data points from sources that you can verify verify like if they're showing you traffic are they showing you an excel chart that they created or are they actually uh showing you a report pulled from sem rush or another tool that you know that you can very well go subscribe put up the domain name and get that exact same amount of information that's the kind of past results you need to see i i think yes yeah. i mean if you are the kind of person if you're the kind of person that it's very important for you to understand the, le the, the results that have been achieved for somebody else, right? If that's going to be the factor driving your decision, then don't settle for a quote. Don't settle for a case study that it's not backed up by actual reports that you can have access to or that you can actually pull out yourself and see, okay, I, I can see. I, I even go I can see here the chart. and ask for whenever possible, I try to go ask for two referrals, like other lawyers that use their system right now or use their agency right now and call them. You know what, Grace? And I think it's great, but that can also be staged. Oh, I'm, of course. I'm, of course. I, I, always, I always look at the opportunity of coming across as untrustworthy, right? <laughs> and so that's that's kind of that's no, because good, I'm very aware of it and I yeah. want to make and I want to make sure. But but here it is. I mean, here it is what I do, right? I make sure that whenever we're doing having a presentation or such, there are enough uh, references of existing clients that the person on the other end can actually get those names, law firm names, and if they want, just call, right? If they want, just if they want, just call. Because I've here is the thing. Here is the thing. If you go to Google right now, how to get referrals? The first thing that they'll tell you: make sure that you call that person that you're gonna be giving as a referral and let them know that you're going to be giving them as referrals so that when people call, you know, they say good things about you. It defeats the purpose right. of having the referral, right? So I work that way or the other way, but I want to make sure that no matter which approach the prospect takes, they actually get the right kind of information that's going to help them with their decision-making process. Grace, right now, with all of these marketing gurus mm -hmm. po popping up on... 
Facebook, They're everywhere, every other scroll <laughs> that you make, people are people are getting very skeptical. Yes, and they're starting to confuse real marketing with no, with other nonsense stuff. Yeah, it was okay, fluffery. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, yeah. and so that's another great indicator of how to properly vet and choose who are you going to be reaching out to to get more information. I'll give you $10,000 or $1,000 if I don't get you 20 MBA cases a month. Run away. <laughs> Run away. Okay? That sort of thing doesn't happen. That sort of thing it can only lead to disappointment, loss of time, and potentially money. Right. Definitely not a $1,000 check at the end of the tunnel. So... And I take it a step further. No matter what, I always run a test. Always. And if they give me a problem for wanting to run a test, I tell them directly, I'm sorry, but I can't work with you then. I have special things that I am able to do within Google where I can run tests for basically $300. And it would be enough quality information because I know you know how it works, Leo. If you don't have enough quality data or traffic or this, that, or the other, yeah. the test doesn't run and it's not anything valuable, whatever. Sure. But because of uh, certain things, and I'm sure you probably have a similar uh, setup, when you're a Google partner or uh, Google certified, they let you run um, kind of real tests within Google AdWords. And for $300, at least with this particular practice area and what I was doing, I was able to run a true valuable test with this agency to see if I was going to use them. And we ended up using them because they ran the test. They ran the test actually on their own dime. That doesn't happen, by the way. And that's not something that you normally should ever really ask for. But they did. They ran the test on their own dime. And um, the results that came out were valuable for both them and us as a law firm in a way that it made sense for us to partner with that agency for that particular practice area because of the numbers they were able to run. And that is why exactly these conversations, right? As we say, the discovery, the presentation, the demo, all of these things need to take place, right? Mm -hmm. Because they can all lead to actually coming up to these agreements where tests can be agreed on, where certain conditions to a potential partnership can be established. That's really the value of going through this process exactly. is that the better understanding exists between both parties, the more likely there is to really be able to establish a good and strong partnership, Grace. So Grace, honestly, you know, we could have gone three more hours talking about what to look for, what warning flags and this the, and that. Yeah, warning flags yeah. and such, but we need to bring it to takeaways. Yes. So Grace, I'll let you go with takeaway number one. I already have here my three takeaways, but I, I don't know. I think we're going to have several takeaways. takeaways here, but I'll take us away with the first one. Know what you want. Know what your goal is. To me, that is number, number one. What are you trying to achieve? You cannot ask something of somebody until you know what you want. <laughs> I agree, Grace. I totally agree with you. I, and you know what? Thank you for bringing that up because my first takeaway was going to be a little bit more at a later stage from there. But my thing is like, do your research, but reach out. Don't just be researching and then do nothing about it. Yes, that happens right? all the time. 
do your research and reach out and it's perfectly fine. You're still at a point where you don't have to act upon things if you don't feel like moving forward. But by reaching out, you're already giving an opportunity for the potential partner to let you know how is it that they all respond back to you? What is it that they all do? And so you ideally want that response to further encourage you to want to go to the next step. Exactly. So definitely reach out. There is nothing to lose at this point other than the 10 minutes that, it'll, that it took you to fill out that web form, which honestly shouldn't take more than 30 seconds, <laughs> but let's make it 10 minutes, right? Yeah, with what, you, it's how what, I always felt, Leo. I'm like, you're, you've always been quick to respond. You, you know, like with Spanish legal marketing stuff, that's how I got to know you. It was because of your responses and how quick you were with all of them. So guys, everything he's saying, this is the stuff that he, <laughs> this is stuff that he does. So it's expectations and back and forth from both sides. Grace, do you have a takeaway number two? Um, well, you gave the takeaway number two. So. Well, yes, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess I guess I'm doing my three. I letting you do. I, I'm letting you do three <laughs> as well. But if if you want, I can go with my second takeaway. Take your, take it away. Okay, Grace. So be quick at dismissing your options, right? Just like we've said, don't hesitate. Reach out after you've done your qualification and you find someone that says, "Yeah, this could work," or "This seems to be the right fit." Just reach out. But then. Also be very assertive of when it's time to just cut things out, right? You reach out, you didn't hear back in X amount of time, or it's been two attempts of you trying to reach out and you're not hearing back, or you're having that first conversation over the phone and the first question you get is, what's your name? Mm. You know, just, yes. just walk away. Just walk away. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Yep. Yep. Don't waste your time, right? Like we, we've given this advice so frequently in other conversations about how to run your law firm, how to build your team and so forth, right? Like you can make mistakes at hiring, but you can be fast at firing, right? If they're not working your team, exactly the same here, the same thing here. Right. You can be very fast at reaching out at people, but you definitely also need to be very fast at making sure that you're discarding those that are not living up to your expectations. Right. And make sure you tell them that, you know, you tell them and you, you know, you don't have to tell them why, but just tell them that you are no longer interested, you know, and, and to basically leave you alone. If that is really of no longer any interest to you, otherwise they will continue because most of them are marketing agencies and that's their job to keep following yeah. up. Right. So yeah, that's true. That's true. So just tell that's them true. no, thank you. And I am no longer interested and will no longer be interested if you're truly, truly done with them as a vent. Good point there, Grace. That's going to be your second takeaway. That's 2.5. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm going to put up here another one, which is something that we've just mentioned now. And it's follow the process, follow the process. If you've reached out, they have responded. They are actually being professional. They're actually being timely. Don't rush to ask. I want to know how much this costs and this and that and that and that. Right. Yeah. Because you may not be getting the right answers. Right. Particularly when you're talking about things that don't have a set price. To them it's potentially because there is a process to get to that price right. and to get to that price you need to have the conversations and you need to let the process play its part in getting you that information that you want so i think personally grace that's very very important now here's the other reason and, and now i'm kind of like i'm 
really putting the agency hat here. Price, cost, these are somewhat subjective, right? Somebody can come and tell you I charge half a million dollars for my services. That's a lot of money without a doubt. But if they can make the case that that $500,000 are going to generate you $10 million, is it a lot of money, Grace, or not? Nope. But if they don't make that case and they just give you the price, you, you just think that it's a lot of money. Yep. Perspective. And that's basically where it is, right? Yep. That's that's the thought process. Perspective is reality. So yeah, definitely. If you don't let first the value come through and show up, then no matter what the cost it is, no matter whether it's $100 or if it's $1,000, you're not going to objectively assess what's the worth of that investment, right? Because it's also a bad decision to get into something because it's just cheap. Mm. It's cheap. What do I care? A couple of hundred dollars a month. If it works, work. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Why? Because you can go throughout your entire life making those poor decisions. And before you know it, you're wasting $5,000 a month on miscellaneous for no reason on cheap services and products that are generating zero, right? When you could have invested that into one strategy or service that could potentially help you grow your business, bring results. That's one thing, Grace. My last one here is another way to know whether you find the right partner or not. And this is why I've said, Grace, you know, if you'd certainly have the time and the commitment to go to three vendors and or four vendors or five vendors and choose the one that spoke best to your need and such, excellent, do so. If you don't and you are only going to be talking to one or two, here's what I would say. If after the main conversation took place, so this would be the demo, the presentation or whatever, you feel that if you would have been charged $500 for that conversation, it would have been an investment from your end, then go and hire that people, right? If you don't feel like that, then keep on looking. Hmm. What do you think, Grace? That's a good way to look at it. I never thought of it that way, Leo, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, they are lawyers, right? So they bill billable hours. So if you feel Absolutely. like you got value from the free consultation, then you got value from a free consultation and hire them. I a thousand percent agree, actually. Um, I give away so much free advice. I forget sometimes that getting it from the agency or from, you know, another side, that is tons of value, right? I mean, that is the most important thing. If I now, I know, I like, and because you gave me valuable information, now I trust, that's yeah. when you want to buy. But but here's the key, Grace, mm -hmm. right? You're not paying them $500 because they've made a beautiful presentation. No. You're paying them $500 because whether you use them or not, they actually gave you information that is going to change the way that you think and look at things and will, in a way or another, define how are you going to be moving forward with this particular project or strategy disregarding of who you're going to end up working with. And so that's a good way of also assessing whether a meeting was good or not. And if there was real value there or not. That's such a good point. Right? Yeah. I, I think so, Grace. That's why it's my takeaway number three uh, or four. I don't really know. I think that's I four. We'll call it 2.5. We'll call this one 3.5. Okay. You know, well, I'll give 3.52. <laughs> I got one last one. Um, oh. I just want to make one comment, actually. Let the results play out particularly if you're doing a test. 
okay? So you vetted them, you went through, you signed the contract, whatever it is you did, you need to let the results play out, okay? Because I've seen too many people after literally five days, Liel, I've seen oh, this, yeah. okay? Five days, they pull the plug yep. on a PPC campaign. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. What is wrong with you? You cannot do that. You have to let it play out because things happen over the course of time, particularly True. with digital marketing. A hundred percent agree. Have you had that problem, Leon, with other clients, like wanting to just pull the plug because they didn't get a result in a day? I mean, I've seen it, so... <laughs> Drives me insane. So Grace, we've we basically, and I'm gonna be very honest here with you, we take uh, cautionary steps very at a very early stage to set up those expectations from the very, very beginning. Yeah, so you don't run into that like problem. If, if, if this could be something that you would want to do, if you're not willing or interested in investing at least X amount of time into this, then we may not be the right partner for That's it. That's so beautiful. And again, you know, it, I'm not saying right or wrong. I just usually recommend for those people to explore other marketing alternatives that are not um, digital marketing uh, related because yeah. particularly, as you very well said, uh, pay-per-click, it's so volatile. Oof. And there's, and, and in this climate, oh my gosh. which we are great. During COVID. I cannot, I can't. <laughs> it's crazy. The numbers are insane. <laughs> I cannot even, I cannot even start explaining how, how much fluctuation there is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, but we briefly touched on reason, it, you know. But that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's another reason why it you want to partner up with someone who Level is on top it. of things and yeah. despite the circumstances, able to handle your campaigns and deliver results. Grace, what a great conversation! I certainly enjoyed it. It was fun. Next week, another one, episode thirty-one. Next week. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day, Grace. Bye. If you like our show, make sure you subscribe, tell your co-workers, leave us a review, and send us your questions at ask at We'll see you next week.